And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews had, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticing how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you, have, if you had been here, my, bro my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where, Jesus, where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord. They replied, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them, some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always, you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him free. Let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm James, or most people call me Richie uh, at QTC. Uh, and I've got the pleasure of speaking uh, to you today. Uh, just a, a little bit about myself. I'm from Lismore, northern New South Wales, same place as Ross and uh, Bill Boland. I was actually his uh, youth group leader uh, for five or six years back in the day. Uh, and uh, I studied at QTC in my second year, uh, looking to go and, and be a pastor on the other side of that. And we go to uh, Anstreet Presbyterian Church, uh, where uh, Glenn comes in the evening as well. Um, so uh, I'm going to uh, start by praying and then we'll get into it. Father, uh, we thank you so much for your word and we thank you so much uh, for the things that you did through your son uh, for Lazarus and that you raised him from the dead. And we pray that we would understand the significance of that for our lives today. Amen. Uh, so we talked before about if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, what sort of things did people have? Did anyone uh, pick uh, flying? Was there any flying? Oh, very popular. Uh, what about, did anyone go one up on, on flying, go with uh, teleporting? Was there any, oh, we've got a few teleporters here as well. Uh, any, uh, any other seeing through walls, that sort of thing? Oh, a couple of that. Uh, any, uh, any ones particular that you want to call out and say, I had this one and, you, you know, it's the best superpower? Be like Kieran. <laughs> That's gone completely over my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, um, I think it was me. Uh, I got a pretty bad memory, I'd say, so remember everything that I've ever read or seen or that sort of thing. Oh, that would be my superpower. But uh, what we'll see today as we uh, dig into this story about Lazarus is that Jesus... Uh, he, uh, we imagine that we have 
we'd like to imagine that we have powers, but Jesus really does have power. And, and in this story, we see that Jesus has the power to defeat death. And that's what we're going to see today, that Jesus has the power to defeat death. Not just his death, but yours and, uh, your death and my death as well. And, that, and that's really good news because we are all going to face death one day. Uh, we, we don't know when that could be. It could be a long way off or it could be uh, quite soon. We don't know. And we're powerless to defeat it. But the good thing is, the great thing is that there's a way to cope with death. And uh, not to ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist, but to face it confidently. And all of it, it centers on Jesus. He's the one who has the power to defeat death. I'm not sure what you think about that, but uh, as we hit the passage in verse 25, Jesus makes an outrageous claim about life and death. Uh, and kids, if you're following along, if you've got your sheet there, this is, this is the amazing thing that Jesus says. So his friend Lazarus is dead, four days dead in the grave. And Jesus, he's on his way to the cemetery. And Martha, Lazarus' sister, has come out to meet him. And, and death is really heavy in the air at this point. Uh, Lazarus is dead. And, and Jesus, he makes this claim. Uh, you see it there in verse 25. Uh, Jesus says to her, to, to Martha, Lazarus' sister, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die... Uh, will, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So if you boiled the chapter right down to a few words, it would be those first seven words. I am the resurrection and the life. And it's an outrageous claim. Jesus is saying that life comes from him. I played a, a lot of Monopoly as a kid. Uh, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you did, maybe you still do. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been a board game that's caused more pain and bruises uh, we'd squabble and fight, trying to get control over that board. We wanted to have exclusive control over the property, over the money. Well, when it comes to life, Jesus, he isn't trying to get control. He's saying, what he's saying here is he has exclusive control over life. He owns life. So Jesus isn't like any other guru who says, I know the path to life. And he's not saying I'm one possible way of many. It's not I'm a resurrection and a life he's saying he's the resurrection and the life like if i said to you that i'm i'm, I'm a master of cricket you'd think that i was one of many but if i said i'm the master of cricket well it's it's only me and jesus is saying he's the only source of life there's no life outside of him and that means and that means that he's saying he's got power over death and he says there if we want life after death, then we need to go to him. See verse 25, he claims, If you believe in me, you'll live even though you die. Uh, the situation is Lazarus is dead in the grave. Everybody's thinking about death. And Jesus arrives and he claims he's alive and anybody who trusts in him can be freed from the power of death. What an outrageous claim. How can he get away with coming into the situation and saying that? If, if someone came up to me and said, he has the power to defeat death, I'd think they were crazy. Well, Jesus, he makes this outrageous claim, but then he offers powerful proof. He claims he's got power over death, then he raises a dead man as proof. Uh, last year, I went on a holiday to Vietnam, and there were a lot of people making big claims. Uh, one bloke, uh, he offered me a free shoe cleaning and repair service. Free shoe cleaning and repair service. It ended up costing me 20 bucks, maybe more, uh, which is a lot in Vietnam. 
another guy this time at our hotel, uh, he offered us a free national park tour. Now, it, it was actually free, but it wasn't really a national park tour. He just, we went down five minutes down the road, hopped out for about 10, 15 minutes, walked around, went to a village, came back. Uh, it was all right, but it wasn't what he claimed. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of big claims being made, but they didn't stack up. They weren't the real deal. But Jesus claims it, and then he does it. He says he's the giver of life, and then he shows his power over death. Uh, so and now we're moving on to the, the amazing thing that Jesus did, if you're following along on the worksheet. So let's dive into the story in verse 32 there. Uh, verse 32, uh, Jesus already met with Martha. Now Lazarus' other sister Mary comes out to meet him. And 32, uh, when, Jesus, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. When it says they're deeply moved, that's, a, that's a quite a gentle translation. The word there, and also in verse 38, uh, it's used to describe a horse's snort. So this is not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. This is Jesus with his nostrils flared, snorting with animal anger. He's angry. So, so he probably shouts, where have you laid him? But then, a moment later in verse 35, they say, come and see, and he bursts into tears. He's overcome with emotion. What's going on? The life giver has come face to face with death, and it's overwhelmed him. He's, he's furious at death. See, death isn't a natural part of life. It's not how we were made to be. It's a great evil. Our instincts that fight against death are the right instincts. See, death has come because as a human race, we've turned away from God. We've turned away from the life. And Jesus, he's come to put a stop to death. And, and with a torrent of emotion, he brings war on death. He comes to Lazarus' gravesite. He's snorting. He's, he's bellowing like a bull ready to charge. Uh, verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved, read angry, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he says, take away the stone. And 39, Martha says, no, the body's going to stink. But he insists. And 43, Jesus calls out in a loud voice. He shouts. He roars at death, saying, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. The message is clear. Jesus has power over death. He's made an outrageous claim, but now he gives powerful proof. The dead man lives. But now for us, but now for us, there's a big question. And the big question is, do you believe this? Because it's only those who believe who will have life. I remember he said in 25, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. It's not everyone who escapes death, it's the one who believes. So Jesus makes the claim and then he asks Martha, do you believe this? And verse 27, she says, yes, Lord. Uh, she, she gets it. Uh, she gets that he's the Lord of life and death. But, but, but what about you? 
Do, do you believe this? And, and Jesus isn't asking, uh, do, do you believe? It isn't, do you believe in something, in anything, in miracles, uh, in God's existence? It's the, critical, the, the big question, the critical question isn't, do you believe? It's, do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the life and that by going to him you can have eternal life? So, Because the day will come when all of us will be in the grave like Lazarus and all of us will, will hear Jesus' voice and will come out of our graves, some to eternal life and some to judgment. So death isn't a release. There, there will be a day of judgment. And do you believe this is the critical question because it's the difference between eternal life and condemnation. So come to Jesus and have life. There's no use putting it off. You don't know when death will come for you. Even now, we're dying. For many of us, wrinkles are coming. Our hair is falling out. The process of decay has begun, and it's an unstoppable process. Each time we look in the mirror and notice another gray hair, it's a reminder of what's coming. And we can't stop it through modern medicine and or or through living a moral life, it won't make a difference. We need the one who gave us life in the beginning to save us. We need Jesus, the resurrection and the life. And, and, and as, as we come to the end, if you have believed this, if you know where you're going, well, firstly, you don't need to fear death at all anymore. Uh, it doesn't need to keep you up late at night. Jesus has defeated it. And, and, and secondly, you don't need to live like death still has a hold on you. You don't need to hang tightly onto this life as though it's all you've got. Uh, we don't need to worry about money, our financial security. We don't need to despair about uh, bad knees and grey hairs. We don't need to worry about uh, missing out, about not having that great life, great relationship, perfect job, special house. We've got the life that is to come. In Jesus, there's a way to cope with death, a way to even rejoice in the face of death. Jesus has defeated it. And on the cross, Jesus went to his death on our behalf. See, the very thing that he was so furious at, he took on. The maker of life bore the evil of death for us. But the grave couldn't contain him. Bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And in doing so, he defeated death once for all. And that is good and wonderful news. Uh, please join with me in prayer as we close. Father, we thank you for Jesus who has the power to defeat death. We thank you that he went to his death for us to free us from the slavery of death. And we thank you that uh, we now can be confident that uh, we can have sure hope about our future because of Jesus and what he has done. And we pray that we wouldn't live uh, each day worried about death, but we would live confidently knowing that Jesus has defeated it. We pray this in his name. Amen.